You're listening to the Thought Leaders Business Lab, Episode 5. And today, we're going to talk about how to design your life so that it's filled with purpose. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Samantha Riley, and I work with thought leaders and experts to help them double their income, their freedom, and their impact to create a business and a life they love. From my business background of 25 years, I've learned there are three key areas to growing a successful business. Your mindset, your talents, and the people you surround yourself with. Here in the Business Lab, we'll interview successful entrepreneurs and deep dive to discover the exact strategies that they have used to build their business so that you can experiment and implement these strategies in your business too. Welcome to the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Welcome to another episode of the Thought Leaders Business Lab. I am your host, Samantha Riley, and I am so excited to be here with you today. I want you to think back to maybe when you left your job and you started your business. What was it that made you want to do that? Maybe you wanted to make a bigger impact. Maybe you wanted more time to yourself or a freedom to be able to choose your hours and when you worked. Maybe you did it because you knew you were destined to make more income. Have you taken a detour? Is it not going quite as expected? Maybe even you're feeling really happy that you're in your business, but it's not quite working out the way that you wanted it to work. I remember back, I would say probably in the early 2000s, that's why I started a business. I left my job because I knew that I was destined for more. I could make more income. I would have more freedom to spend time with my children. And I certainly knew that I could make a much bigger impact out doing my own thing rather than sitting in a corporate office environment. But I know in the early 2000s, it, that's not how I was feeling. I was feeling like I was living Groundhog Day. I was frustrated with the amount of hours that I was working. I was frustrated that I didn't have the freedom that I thought that I was going to have. And, you know, at that time, I had to stop and take a breath and say, what needs to change? Because I started to resent my clients because I wasn't spending the time doing the things I love. I was starting to resent my family. I don't know why I was resenting them, but I was just frustrated with how things were working out and I wasn't happy. And luckily for me, I did turn things around. I was able to take that breath and take a step back and and recreate what it is that I wanted. And that's what I'm going to discuss with today's featured guest, Tina Murray. Tina is an amazing lady who's been designing lives for over 30 years. And today, as a coach, as a speaker, she's got her own podcast, the Design New Podcast. She's an author and a workshop facilitator. She uses the same strategic design processes that she used to use to guide her interior design clients through disruption and change. And now she uses those blueprints to empower people to lay their own foundations for personal fulfillment and to really get a grip on their lives take a step back just like I did all those years ago and design their life so that it's filled with purpose and filled with adventure, filled with 
anything that you want to fill it with. It's your life. It's your blueprint. And I'm really looking forward to diving in with Tina today to help you to design your life. So let's just dive straight into the interview. Welcome to the show, Tina. Thank you so much, Sam. I always love chatting to the Sam Riley. (laughs) (laughs) As I mentioned before, I cannot wait to see where this interview goes because I just love bouncing with you and seeing where conversations go. And I know that uh, this is going to be no different. Of course, always. There's always some magic that comes, I think, when you and I chat with each other. I know I definitely get something out of it. Oh, absolutely. All right. So I know who you are very well, (laughs) but for those of you who have never come across you before, give us a little sneak peek into who you are and what makes you tick. Yeah, sure. I think this design you journey, the journey now where I take people to discover who they are and what their own interior design is so they can get the best out of their life and what it is they want. It all started for me back in 2010 when I was made redundant and I was divorced, I was single and I had no backup plan, no one paying my mortgage. And it was really the day I went, you know what, I'm going to be okay and this is my opportunity to reboot my life. Like, what is it that I really want to do? And as I went through some processes, I worked out pretty quickly what it was I wanted. And what really cemented this for me is I went for a job interview and it was the global financial crisis. People weren't renovating unless they had to. So, People weren't really hiring interior designers, but there was a few jobs out there and I'd go for an interview and there was this one in particular I went to and I sat there and I thought, you know, I don't want this job. I know I'm not going to fit this company culture. I'm going to be miserable, but no one's paying my mortgage. Mm. And I left that interview and I went to a dinner party that night and I said, oh, I don't want this job. What do I do? And my friends are like, how do you know that you won't fit that culture though? And I'm like, what? How do you not know? And I started having the same conversation with more and more people and I realized that there's so many of us who don't aren't really clear about what it is that we wanted. And so from there, I, I went back and I've still done some interior design in the, you know, the last eight years. But I've really developed my coaching business and my speaking business and just love seeing people just Get those aha moments because they've got someone who works differently, who uses different processes, who thinks differently, who can get to the bottom of them and go, yeah, but is that what you really want? Mm. So I love how just something that's, you know, was a horrible, hard situation to be in and facing on my own has turned my life around and um, hopefully has helped some other people along the way. I'm sure that it has helped them and I love this whole design you and design your life and it's totally, totally what I believe in as well. But Mm. I don't know for you but for me there was a time where I didn't believe in it. I thought that it was actual uh, like it's, it's for other people for other people that are rich or other people that don't have my responsibilities. Did you have that Mm. thought? I think because I was single and I had not many choices, I had to actually go and do stuff. It took a lot of those options out, but I completely understand where you're coming from because a lot of my clients are people who are in their late 40s, early 50s. A lot of them are men who have done what traditionally is the right thing. What you know, They went into it thinking they did the right thing. They got a mortgage, you know, got married, had the kids, provided for their family, and then they've got to an age where they're, you know, successful on the outside, but inside they're going, this isn't working for me. Mm. And so that's um, 
the reason they've sort of stayed where they have is they've felt like they haven't had a choice to leave that. And part of when I work with them, we're not necessarily saying give it all in, go do something else. We're saying, okay, well, how can you make that part of your life work for, for you? If you're really successful in what you do, why not keep that part of your life, which is going smoothly for you, and find other ways to get that fulfillment? So that's ultimately what we work on. Oh, and I think, goodness. though, yes. coming back to what you're talking about, when we have a choice, that's when we often get fear coming to it, don't you think? Mm, totally, totally. Because how many people change their lives at the point, like you, where you've got your back against the wall. Exactly. That's when you come out fighting. Mm. What about if we didn't have our back against the wall? What could, mm. Do you think that there's a, that we could change our life without having our back against the wall? Oh, I love this question. I wish more people would come to me before they're back against <laughs> the wall. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I think it, coming back to our own interior design, like what's happening in us, we need to know ourselves really well. And that means the good bits and the bad bits. And ideally, though, what that means, if you are fairly conscious of who you are as a person and what it is that you need and you want, you've got a really good, clear idea of that. It means when things come up in your life, it's almost like a checklist. You can go, does that fit? Yes, great, I'll do it. If it doesn't fit what my plans are for the rest of my life, I don't do it. So it makes life very black and white. And as you know, every day we've got how many thousands of choices do we mm. have to make throughout each day? Mm. So if we can make it simple for ourselves, um, it really means that process. Number one, we're not necessarily going to get to that point, but it also means there's time to reevaluate what it is that you want. Because, you know, when I'm 100 years old, I still want to be a vibrant person who is making choices about my life. I'd want to be changing. I want to be evolving. So I think one of the things most of us get stuck in, and especially easily when we've got kids and we've got family and people we have to support and take care of, we go, oh, cool, I've got to where I need to be. I've got the house now. I've got the great great car. My kids are going to good schools. This is it. This is it for the next 20 years for me. I'm really cool with that. But we forget that life changes, stuff happens around us, we change, situations change, and so we can never be stuck in that one spot. We need to keep evolving. And I think taking time out each day to just have a bit of a review about what your day's been, or if you can't do it daily, do it weekly, um, just to really keep on track so that you can start to see when your needs aren't being met mm. and you're not actually getting um, moving forward the way that you plan. Mm, totally. Because those people, look, when you're in that that position of okay, well, I've I've got that and I've ticked that box and I've got that, you can feel very stuck, mm-hmm. uh, and and it feels like you're living Groundhog Day. And one of the questions I remember that you asked me um, on an interview not that long ago was, "What do you want to be doing when you're 80? Like when you're sitting in a rocking chair on the you know in the front veranda? Mm-hmm. What do you want your life to look like?" And I thought that was such a powerful question because mm-hmm. we're very we get caught up into what's like just what's the next thing, and when you're in that groundhog day, the next thing just looks like the same thing. Yes. So I absolutely loved that you asked that question. And was that something that you were thinking about at that time that you changed, that you went out and did something different? I think um, definitely not when I was made redundant. I didn't even, um, I didn't, ha- I couldn't qualify it. Then I just knew that I had the opportunity to create what it is I want. Um, 
But definitely as I evolved, I, I came up with this idea. And the funny thing in this is so bizarre. I, I mentioned it to my um, a guy who does remedial massage on me years and years and years ago. Anyway, I hadn't seen him for about a year. And I went back to see him and he said to me, oh, I was just talking about you yesterday. He goes, I was talking about this 50-year plan idea that you've got and I was telling um, one of my clients about it and he thinks it's awesome and he's going to go and do it. And uh, this was, it was the back, you know, that was a number of years ago now and I'm like, wow, there really is something in that. Mm. And as you know, I use it with all of my podcast guests and I use it a lot because what it does is it really quickly gets us out of today Yes, and everything that's around us, we're no longer pissed off because our um, husband didn't take the garbage out. Like it doesn't matter in 50 years. Mm. Um, and my mum always used to say, is it going to matter in 50 years? <laughs> yeah, and that just takes it to a whole new level because it's one thing to think, to, to have a saying that's like that, but when you actually pick yourself up and put you in that 50-year me, mm-hmm. that just gives it a whole different perspective. Mm, it gets down to what you really value really quickly. It does. Oh, my goodness, yes. It just hones it in without you even having to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Love it. So what I really love about what you're doing now is that you went out and you, you're now in your own business and coaching people how to design mm-hmm. their lives. But what I love about it the most is that you're using all of the skills that you used from all of the years that you were in interior design. Mm-hmm. Is that a thought that came to you naturally? Because I find that so many people go and start their own businesses and feel like they're starting again and they don't tap into all of the experiences that they that, and knowledge that they already have. Yeah, and you're so right, Sam. And I find it with a lot of my clients. We, The stuff that comes naturally to us, we often don't value ourselves. But mm. that's where, to use your words, I think you use the word genius zone. Mm. That's, that's where we need to be sitting. But we take it for granted because it is easy for us. Mm. And I've, you know, my experience before I was an interior designer, at 21 I was managing um, staff in David Jones' largest store in Sydney. And by 23 I was managing 120 cosmetic staff. So, you know, I got a lot of experience, whether I was good or bad at it at that stage, <laughs> a whole other level, but I got a whole lot of experience about working with people. And then throughout the um, other experiences that I've had with my working in my corporate life, it's taught me so many things about what I'm really good at and what I'm not good at. And what I love about taking a, a design process is – I'm really good in the flow of that process. It taps into, you know, think about what a designer needs to do. We need to come up with ideas. We need to meet people's needs. And and the needs are often huge. We might have 100 or 500 people who might have different needs and different things needing, yet alone all the statutory needs and what the engineers needs. So our job is to take a really good brief and get down to what is it people are really saying Mm. and what is it that they really need. And I think I somehow intrinsically knew to do that when I came back to running my own business because it's something that I'm very comfortable with. I knew what I was really great at in my interior design was getting that briefing, pulling out of people, no, sorry, what is it that you're really saying that you want, how you want that space to operate because what's that going to do for your staff culture? And so getting into that nitty-gritty was really 
something I love. Mm-hmm. And interior design for me was always about psychology. So it wasn't about the cushions. I don't give a stuff about cushions. <laughs> <laughs> it's about how you can make people behave in a space. And so, yes, it was very easy for me to get that transition to this is what I'm good at. Now, what are the bits of that that I'm good at and how can I translate that into my own business? Mm, And there is such an important piece right there to be able to to draw on all of that and to turn it into whatever it is that you're doing now. It's very valuable and it's a piece that a lot of people miss. So, I love that you've brought all of that in. And I think, you know, we, we need to work with our strengths and, you know, this whole thing about working on your weaknesses, which is how most of us were brought up. And thankfully, we're changing the way we're looking at that. There's other people and, you know, Sam, I know you're great for getting other people to do things that you're not great at. That's what outsourcing's mm. all about. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Outsourcing queen. <laughs> Absolutely. And it's really important because you should be working in your genius zone doing what you got. We all should be doing it. And I think one of the biggest mistakes people make when they first start out is we think, you know what, I don't have the cash flow right now to get somebody in to help me with that. And even I was talking to someone the other day who was working from home. She's starting her own business and just things like she's got a big house and she wanted, wants it to be clean. And I said to her, well, is it possible yet for you to get a house cleaner in just to help you to take that one that one part off because it was something that was frustrating her. She wants a nice house. Mm-hmm. And so we need to be aware of what it is that, number one, we're not good at. What is really going to give us the irrits if we don't get it done? And if someone else can do it, pass it over because if you can concentrate as um, – no one's speaking to the converted here, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> if you concentrate on what it is you do really well and be really relaxed in that because mm. you're not fussed about everything else and running around trying to get too much done, that's when people are going to see your brilliance and that's when you're going to be getting more clients. Absolutely. So if there's someone listening right now that is in their business or in their job and they just – are in that groundhog day and they're and they're not really happy. Can you take us through the process of mm. the or the design new process so that we can give some people some hope to be able to to change things really? <laughs> Sure. I mean, the one thing I think that's really clear, uh, I have to make really clear, is that a designer is never designing for anyone but you. And so, I personally have a problem with coaches who have a one-size-fits-all program because – I'm sorry, one size doesn't fit all. I do not design your house the same way I'm going to be designing my house because we have different needs. Mm, I am so glad that you've said that. This is probably the second time I've had this conversation this week. (laughs) Cookie cutter approaches do not work. No. Frameworks work. Yes. That you can flow between, but cookie cutter, no. Yeah, absolutely. And that's what I like about a design process because design process gives us structures. Mm -hmm. And I know people think to be creative, you shouldn't have any structure, but we actually need those parameters to guide us. Mm -hmm. And it's often when our back's against the wall in a design, like for instance, if I've designed this fantastic breakout room and when the builders have gone there to demolish it, they've found that there's a structural column that wasn't on the plans. I need to rework my design around that structural column. Mm. And it's the same with how we work through our life. We need that structure. We need some parameters to work within, but then we can flow in amongst that. And I think when we've got that structure is when it is easier for us to flow. Mm -hmm. 100%. 
coming back to your actual question about you know what um, what sort of processes we use. Number one, it starts with taking a brief. Now, as I said, our briefs are briefs are very complex. But let's face it. As human beings, we're pretty complex too. We've got stuff that's happened to us when we're younger. So we've got triggers that are going to set us off and we need to be aware of them so we can keep on managing throughout our life and getting better at working with them. So it's really important to me more than anything to really get in touch with what it is that you really need, really want, what it is that you value what your strengths are, what really lights you up. So really being clear about all that stuff that makes you up as a great person and then also have a list, all the stuff you hate. So even the other day I was working with someone and we were talking about their their job and they can't leave their job right now, but we can go through and go, what is it you love about your job? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And is there a way that we can get you to be doing more of that And maybe there's some other stuff that this person's got stuff under them. So maybe there's some other stuff that you can delegate to someone else who actually would love to do that stuff too. So I'm all about companies letting people work in what they love doing Mm. because then you're going to work harder and, yes, it's just (laughs) win-win. Absolutely. And I'm imagining that a lot of people have that do have trouble with that is because really, and I wanted to touch on this point before and it completely eluded me but it's come back so I'm going to take it back that at school we're taught to work on our weaknesses Mm -hmm. and when we go and work for large corporations they like us to work on our weaknesses Mm -hmm. so it's actually turning a whole shift of you know corporate and and the school system around and going actually this doesn't work for us mm-hmm. and and that story that you just said then how awesome would it be if instead of having to for that person having to leave their job down the track what if in fact he actually started to love his job exactly it just makes it so much easier and the thing for from the point of view from a business is it takes over a year to replace someone. Mm-hmm. And what I mean with that is if you think about all the knowledge that stays with somebody, all the things that they can do, that to replace that takes a year for someone else to work up to a similar standard. So automatically, the moment some a company loses someone, they've lost a really great asset and they got to rebuild. And it's the same whether we're working for ourselves or not. So it's for me, it's about really getting down and dirty and going, what is it really that I love? What do I hate? come out there with what it is and then let's see how we can work around that. Or if you're doing more of the stuff that you love, then let's schedule time to do the things that you hate. Maybe first thing in the morning, get them over and done with. Mm. Uh, Depends. Different people work differently. Some people like getting it over and done with. Other people like to be rewarded first. (laughs) (laughs) But that's where the the structure's good. You go, okay, well, we've got a framework here or a structure. Let's, Let's flow within that so that it works for you. Exactly. And so it's really knowing that. So that's the briefing stage. And then mm-hmm. if you think about, you know, as a designer, if I'm designing your house for you, I want to be able to do something you're going to come home and absolutely love. So that's when we get conceptual and we go, big picture, what would be awesome in Sam's house? And she loves this. So let's bring this in. And what? Oh, she would never have thought of this. So let's do that. So that's when we get excited. And it's the same when we're designing our lives and what we're thinking about for our future is wow, big picture, brainstorm, chuck it out there. What would I really like? And don't have any qualifications on that because, you know, as you would obviously know with the brainstorming process, no idea is a bad idea. Throw it out there, have it up there. And you know what? Some of the stuff that I thought I could never do, 
I've done. Mm, it's amazing when you do put it out there, even when it comes out and you go, oh, that sounds stupid, but I'm just going to put it out there because I don't know what's going to happen. And and you start molding it. Different people start giving it different flavors. It's amazing mm. what can come out. Exactly. And that's part of, I've always had um, a bucket list and I, at about the age of 40, I actually finished my first bucket list. I never thought <gasps> I would, but I did. No way. And- <laughs> and so I'm on bucket list number two and this one's is actually quite structured now because I've sort of done all my major things I've got you know what restaurants do I want to go to there's everyday things that come down into that too but what I love about having a bucket list is coming back to what you're saying if you've written it down you've got to not you, you remember it at a subconscious level and you've got it there and so things like when I've been invited to go um, to somewhere in Italy I, I've got a luckily I've got a friend who's got a villa there and I was invited to come and stay with her and I thought oh you know what I've been to the Tower of Pisa twice, but I've never climbed the thing. And so I'm going to go back and I'm going to climb it. And so I made it work. And it's the same with our life. If we know what it is that we want, Mm. if we get an opportunity to almost get it, we might be able to find the way to make it happen. Mm. As life and as in business as well, you need to know exactly what it is that you want so that when the opportunity passes or even what looks like maybe half an opportunity, we can Mm -hmm. grab it and know that we can do something with it. Yeah, I know that's um, that whole reticular activating system, which I can never say that. I said it pretty well that time. You did do very well. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, that's what that's all about. You know, once your awareness is on something, then you see it everywhere. And so you start to see those opportunities for your business and Mm. you start to take them. Totally. So we've got... The brief, we've got the conceptual yep. stage. What's the third stage? Yeah, then we document it. So that's when you you do those plans and, you know, there's all these other boring things you do as a designer. But basically you are putting down in writing or in a plan an overview of what it is that you want and then you're giving it to someone else to build. Now the thing, once we're on site, as I said before, there might be a column that comes out we didn't know about. So these build, these plans are our structure for what it is that we want but we can flow within them. We can change things. It's not set in concrete. Even when buildings are built, we still change them. So mm. <laughs> even though it's there, we can still tweak it a little bit. But, you know, this is our big picture. This is what we are going to move forward with. Mm. And the big part of that is you're directing a builder how to make it. So not only are you telling yourself, but ideally by the time you've got to this process, you've worked out who you need to help you, what it is you need to bring to the table to be able to do it yourself. And then you can actually communicate it to whoever needs to communicate it to Mm. because you're clear about it yourself. What I love about that piece is that a lot of times, and I'm going to say life or business because I I can see what's happening here could sit (laughs) side by side, right, the same process, that a lot of times people don't think about who do I need to have on my team. Yes. And we can't do anything on our own. We can't. That was a really dumb thing to say. (laughs) We can do something on our own, but we can get so much further with the team. (laughs) Mm. And even the other thing that I find really interesting is when you're really clear about it, other people can tell your story. So an example, as you know, Sam, I work with this charity in Ghana and I've just been telling people the story about why I'm involved in the charity and what it is that we're actually supporting. And I was at an event last night and I just told this woman, she said, oh, what are you doing, Ghana? I just quickly told her, like, two-minute conversation. Mm. And she went, oh, my God we got to get involved in this. She goes, I'm going to go and talk to you, blah, 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 blah. So once 
I'm clear. I know exactly what it is that we're doing there. So I can communicate that really well. So that meant it, she could take it and run with it and we'll see where it ends up. Mm. But it's that's the important thing about being clear yourself about what it is that you want and being able to communicate it and ask for help if you need it. Mm, perfect. All right, so we've got a document. I guess we get something else happening here. <laughs> <laughs> really to to make it the, the, the quick part of the process is then we're building it. Mm-hmm. And during it, the build stage, there's going to be stuff that will change. There's, you know, the, the thing that I love in interior design, although I know that with some other interior designers find it really frustrating, is once you start to build things and people start, the client starts to go through, they go, oh, I didn't realise it was going to look like that. Mm. Oh, and so we might have to change it. If they've got enough money or they don't like it enough because they didn't understand it, number one, there might be something about our communication that we need to look at. But the other side of it is, they're the ones living in it, so we need to make sure it works for them. So we might be changing things. And again, same in life and business, just because we thought we were going on one track, tweak it if you have to. If it's mm. not working, change it. Mm, perfect. So this process that you take your clients through now, at the time that you were building this out, did did you use this to build your own business or on the business journey did it start to come out? I think I've intuitively done it because it was such a part of my life. I've been a designer for over 20 years. So I'm very in tune with the creative process on a very deep level. So Mm -hmm. for instance, often the way I will work is I will do something which is creative and, you know, we have to deliver on time and on budget. So we don't choose about when we're being creative. We actually just got to get stuff done. And sometimes it doesn't work when we're, when we're in that zone. And so I'll get, I'll got much better at learning to work in my flow. Mm-hmm. And part of that means that I'll work when I need to. And then when I know my brain's going brain dead, I'll go and do something else. So that might be when I type up emails or do um, something that doesn't take the same part of my brain. It's very methodical and I can just go ahead and, and punch it out. So it means throughout the day, I'm actually working pretty much consistently throughout the day. But I'm really in tune with what my head's doing. So I think because I can be that intuitive, you know, I think when I was working out this process, I actually just did that because I did start with what do I really want? Then I did big picture ideas and I'm like, okay, okay, how do I go about documenting this and actually building it? So again, I think it just became Mm. coming back to a very early conversation whatever the stuff is that's really easy for you, you take it for granted. Mm. And it's only when you can unpack it then reverse engineer it that you see, wow, there's actually this really valuable process and it's an easy one to teach. Absolutely. Whilst we're, well, when we're in our genius zone and it is really easy, for Mm. me personally, I actually couldn't even see it. For me, it was my genius zone Mm -hmm. happened so easily Mm -hmm. that I thought it was just that everyone thought like that. And it actually (laughs) took a really good friend of mine uh, and a a really awesome afternoon with a couple of coffees and I remember we were sitting out in the sun for him to extract that out of my head. So I'm interested to know, did you need someone to to help you extract that from your head 
Or are you I, one of the? Or are you going to show me up here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm perfect. Absolutely perfect. Well, no, it was, so, it so where's the real team, Larry? <laughs> uh, of course, of course. Like, I mean, I think that's why we all need coaches, and we need good people around us uh, to chuck ideas against. Like a designer who works in isolation isn't going to be a great designer. Mm. A big part of why I kept going to work when I first started going out as a coach and doing the work that I'm doing now. The reason I kept staying in the interior design industry was because it kept me grounded. I had seen a lot of people who worked by themselves who got caught up in their own space, got in their own funk and really sort of lost touch a little bit, I felt, mm-hmm. with um, some of the other things that were happening. And I was, so I was really conscious of that. So it, apart from it helped with cash flow as well, but the, it, I was also very conscious of being a real person in the real world. And as I said, a lot of my clients are people who still are at work and they will probably stay in that same job now till they retire. And so I had to be, I had to remember what it was like to go to work and to sometimes be bored, to sometimes have office politics get in the way. But coming back to your question, it's definitely having mentors, having people that you can bounce off. And I've got amazing people around me who do that. And different people have different have different needs and yeah. meet different needs for you. So, you know, like if you – I know um, someone who's done an Ironman and she's got a physiotherapist, she's got someone who helps her with her diet, you know, she's got a running coach, she's got so many different people who all bring their own area of expertise. And it's the same even if we don't have coaches – if we've got friends who actually really are looking after us and not their own needs yes. when they're helping us, you know, different people bring out different things in us and have different perspectives which can help us. And it's really important. I, so I can completely see how someone else wouldn't would easily be the one saying, hey, but you're really good at this. How do you actually do it? And mm. you're right, you don't think about it. I think from my point of view, because I worked with so many different companies, you know, one day I might be working on a funeral parlor, the next day a university, the next day a corporate. Yep. So I got to see that so many businesses are so different. So I think that was the one advantage of, again, my breadth of experience. It really taught me how different, even though we're all the same, we've got basic needs and different. we've got different things that we need to do as well. Mm, Totally. So now that you have designed your own life, tell me what is the best part of what you're doing and of the, the best part of designing your life. Yeah, I think for me it's taking responsibility. So if I ever did stuff up, I'd own it. Mm. And I like that. I don't want to be blaming someone else if I don't like my life. Mm. Um, I, do, I, I want to be able to go out there and go, yep, I did that and I made a choice for it. But I also like seeing where my choices take me because we might start out on a journey and, as I said, it ticks our boxes. Yes, we got to – this is the, helping me get towards my 50-year plan. But sometimes as we're going on that, something else comes up which still keeps us towards our 50-year plan but it's in a different direction from what we originally thought. And so I really like that about it. It's about having that clarity. Mm. And for me, and I've found it more and more with a lot of my clients, I don't have monkey chatter. It's really rare for me to have that and I know that's unusual mm-hmm. but that's because I can be pretty black and white and I know what it is that I want and can ask for what it is that I want. Mm. I love it. It's funny that you've just brought up about the, the direction that, that we're heading because right before we jumped on the phone, I was actually having an interview and the one and one of the things that I said was 
I think that too many people get this idea of this is where my life's heading and they and they force themselves to stay on that track because people say you shouldn't you shouldn't stray mm-hmm. but sometimes by going off track and just exploring and seeing what happens over here we'll either yep. go okay that didn't work and I'll just head back on on track you know I was on the right track or wow this wasn't what I expected and now look what's opened up to me um, exactly. I'm a big believer of, and you used the word before, flow. You know, yeah. when, when a creek, when a river's in flow, it doesn't go in a straight line. It, you know, it, it goes around and when it rains, there's more water and sometimes there's less water. And I think that, that we mm. need to think about our life being like that and embrace it wholly and, and, and allow it to go wherever it can go. But like you say, be responsible and, just accept that whatever's happening is is part of it and embracing that. Mm, for sure. And I think you're right. I remember when I was much younger, I used to push things because exactly what you're talking about, I'd be thinking, oh, this is what I'm meant to be doing. And so, and I would be going, well, it's got to work and I've got to do it now because this is what fits into my time frame right now. Mm. I've evolved to understand that there is a flow and I don't push things if they don't I work hard like don't Mm. get me wrong Mm. I'm very very focused very directed and I know what it is that I'm working towards every time I'm doing it but I if it's not working I look at a step back and go why is this not working Mm. Mm. and really start to understand that so I don't often push against things I can't remember the last time I've actually felt like I'm pushing anymore but I'm still getting stuff done. <laughs> and you get a lot done. I know you're, you're um, a highly productive person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tina, you have shared heaps of value today and I've loved the chat that we've had. For people that are listening that would like to stay connected or learn more about you, where can they go to find that information? The easiest way is at tinamurray.com and, yeah, you'll probably find me throughout Facebook as well under Tina Murray. Awesome. Thank you so much, Tina. Keep absolutely rocking it and thank you so much for being on the show oh thank you sam it's always so much fun chatting with you and i love where our chats take us absolutely do you want to grow and scale your business so you can make an even bigger impact one of the reasons i've been able to achieve the success i have over the years can be attributed to one simple factor Surrounding myself with like-minded people, people who think big like me, who have a desire for growth and who understand the challenges we face when growing and scaling a business. That's why I've created a free community, especially for thought leaders and experts just like you, and I'd love you to join us. Just request access to my free Facebook group at Thought Leaders Inner Circle. If you enjoyed today's episode, I would love you to share this on your favorite social account. Just head to samanthariley.global forward slash podcast, click on your favorite episode and you'll see the buttons right there to share the love. And as this show is new, I would love, love, love you to leave a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. See you next time in the Thought Leaders Business Lab. Listener.